good Thursday evening. Welcome in. It is Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Have you for the next hour as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball as the Brewers are currently in a virtual tie for first place in the National League Central. And what a road trip they have started as they take three out of four from Colorado and then two out of three from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Everything except from health is going really well for this Brewers team right now. They can't stay healthy. Guys are going on the disabled list seemingly right and left. But to their credit, the organizational depth, it is showing out in a big, big way. And they are uh, they're playing well. So it's, it's fun right now to watch this team and watch them play the way that they are playing uh, to, uh, as they deal with so much adversity and seemingly nothing impacts them. Here's what's coming up on the show this evening. In about uh, seven minutes or so, we are going to be joined by Bob Nightingale, baseball columnist with USA Today. I want to touch on a couple things with him. First off, his latest, which was out today, focuses in on Josh Hader. He spent some time with Hader while the team was in Phoenix taking on the Diamondbacks. And Hader is just doing things that nobody else is doing right now and want to get a national perspective on him. Because, look, we we all know what we're seeing, but what does somebody who doesn't see him on an everyday basis think? We'll find out from Bob Nightingale in just a few moments. also want to touch on with, with him the gambling stuff. He he wrote another column recently that got into that, and I am I'm pro gambling for football, for basketball, for hockey, to a lesser extent college sports. I think you start to get into murky territory when you get to college sports, but I look at baseball differently, and I think it's because baseball looks at itself differently. Not that what I'm about to say is right, or. Correct would be the better way to say it. Not the one I'm about to say is the correct way of doing things, but quite honestly, if you bet on baseball as a player, you're punished more than if you do drugs, performance-enhancing or recreational, if you break many laws. Like that's the, that is the number one most punished sin that exists in the world of baseball. And now we're moving towards sports gambling being legalized in more states. I don't get the sense that Wisconsin's going to be one of those states, but we're moving in that direction. Sidebar on that, by the way, a lot of predictions have Illinois, Iowa, and Missouri as three states that will probably legalize sports gambling. You want to see sports gambling legalized in Wisconsin, all you got to do is prove that a lot of taxable dollars are leaving Wisconsin and going into Illinois, going into Iowa, going into Missouri. And you know what? It's not going to be that long after that that all of a sudden sports gambling is legal in Wisconsin. Sidebar over. Uh, so we'll talk with Bob Nightingale coming up in just a bit. Going to get into Ryan Braun during the second half of the show. Going to really get into it starting at about 8.30. And I'd love to hear from you, but I'd love to hear from you with a bit of a caveat. Ryan Braun's not getting traded. He's just not. He has full no-trade protection. He's paid a lot of money. He has not shown the ability to stay healthy over the last two seasons. Nobody's going to pick up that salary, and he has full no-trade clause, 
And really, it seems like the only team he would even accept a trade to is the Dodgers, and the Dodgers don't have a need for him. So coming up later on in the program, not now, coming up later on in the program, I'd love to talk to you about the Ryan Braun situation, but I want to talk about it in real-world terms. If you're going to call me and say they need to trade Ryan Braun, don't call, because that's not going to happen, and we, we need to talk about this in real-world terms. There's no out in the contract. There's no, there's no going back and changing things. You know, there, there's all these things that, that people say, oh, we should do this and we should do that and they should do this and they should do that. And it's, it's just not happening. It's not real. So I want to talk in real-world terms about Ryan Braun and what to expect from him going forward because he's with this team for this year and two more years after this. And in the grand scheme of things, he's not paid. The money that he's getting paid is not what the money was previously in the sense of the value of that money. You know, $20 million doesn't go as far in today's baseball as it did before. But he's still getting paid a hefty salary. And they got to deal with that moving forward. So we'll talk about that later on in the program as well. Up next, though, Bob Nightingale from USA Today. He did a really nice piece about uh, Josh Hader, and uh, we'll talk to him about that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for taking some time. We'll be with you till 9 o'clock this evening. Josh Hader just completely continues to dominate Major League Baseball. He now has a 1.44 ERA working in a weird role where he's not a starter, he's not a closer, but he continues to pitch in big innings. And uh, if you pick up USA Today or go to usatoday.com, you've seen a uh, column from um, USA Today baseball columnist Bob Nightingale that really gets in on uh, Josh Hader, and Bob joins us right now. Bob, appreciate you taking a few moments. How are you doing? Yeah, doing great. Thank you. Uh, you uh, you start off your piece about Josh Hader saying, you know, he's got the look of a Southern California surfer, but you, you realize he's from Maryland. He's a hunter. He's a fisherman. He likes hockey. What was your takeaway as you got to uh, sit down and get to know Josh a little bit? Uh, just a very polite young man, very respectful. Uh, his teammates absolutely love him. Kind of, uh, you know. I kind of doesn't really talk until uh, spoken to. You know, it's not like he's one of these young guys that thinks he knows everything. So uh, very, very respectful of, uh, you know, almost the veterans in that, in that clubhouse. But yet he's his own person. You know, it's almost with the, uh, you know, the entrance music, the long hair and everything else. He's a very, you know, confident himself. Ryan Braun had a quote the other day where he said he's the best player on the team. And that means something coming from someone like Braun. How... As he's taken over just the ability to go out and pitch the way he's been pitching and everybody's taking notice, how much of this kind of goes along with this change in baseball where we are seeing the Andrew Miller types and all of a sudden there's these guys in the bullpen who aren't closers, they're they're pitching multiple innings, and they're becoming real key parts of teams? Yeah, it's really become uh, fashionable now. We kind of started in, uh, two years ago when the Indians went to the World Series. Andrew Miller was employed that way. You know, during the playoffs, and uh, you know, came in big, big situations no matter what inning. And then they uh, Archie Bradley did for uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Now Hater's doing it, so it's a uh, you got to be very unselfish because you're not going to you know, you go to arbitration, you're not going to have the saves, you're not going to have the wins, but just have a whole lot of holds and responsible for a whole lot of wins. 
I'm of the belief, and we may see him as a starter at some point. You touch on it a little bit in your column. But I'm of the belief that a lot of times starting pitchers pitch a lot of innings that don't matter. And using Hader the way they use him, they almost always make sure that he's pitching innings that matter. Is this going to be something that you think is going to continue to evolve in baseball where they do start using dominant pitchers out of the bullpen to make sure they're always pitching innings that have implications on wins and losses? I mean, you like to, obviously. Uh, you, you need starters to eat up innings. And last night, you saw Justin Berlander getting trouble in the ninth inning. There's still AJ against them closing out. I mean, you know, be honest. If you're gonna if you're gonna start and say throw 180, 200 innings, you know, that's more valuable than a reliever just because all the innings are eating up. That being said, Hayter's very comfortable in this role and everything else, and you need someone in the, that those key situations. It's almost like a double closer, you know, where you can have uh, a guy like uh, Hayter, you know, face a heart of the order early on, and then gotta set everything up for Canable in the ninth inning. At 26 wins, the Brewers are tied with the Braves for the most wins in the National League. They're doing it with a lot of injuries. They've dealt with some adversity. Are you impressed with the way this team has kind of used its organizational depth to continue to find ways to win? I am. When you lose uh, three starters like that, you know, guys have been banged up like Braun. Uh, yeah, very impressed. You know, this year the National League is down. You know, the best, the best five or six teams are all in the American League. So, you know, it's, it's a chance to really take advantage of a down league. So if you're like the, uh, you're the Brewers, if you win the NL Central, you guys get a chance at anybody to win it, to, uh, win the National League pennant. Because, uh, you know, the West is certainly down. And, uh, you know, you got the Washington Nationals, Atlanta, Mets in the East. But, you know, the, the, right now, the Brewers have a good chance at anybody to get the World Series. Ryan Braun goes on the disabled list today. Uh, he just, last year and this year, he's having a really hard time staying healthy. Uh, is there, from a national perspective, what, what can be expected of Braun moving forward? Well, you know, it might be a situation where he becomes like an extra player. Maybe not, he's not playing six, seven days a week, but playing three or four. And, uh, you know, almost like a, uh, an extra first baseman, a fourth outfielder. You know, if he had a DH in the National League, he'd be different. So I think, uh, you know, it may come to that if he can't shake off these injuries. He's a big, big, you know, very steady guy, but more like a super utility player rather than a regular outfielder. Bob Nightingale from USA Today continuing to join us. You also recently had uh, a column about the impact of gambling becoming potentially legal in the country with the Supreme Court striking down the, the federal uh, the federal ban and how it could affect baseball. And there's no sport out there that is more against gambling than baseball. It's the number one rule. You don't you don't gamble on baseball. How are how are teams and players, and you spoke with Joe West, an umpire, how is the baseball community feeling about the impact that legalized sports gambling across the country could have on the sport? Very nervous. I mean, Major League Baseball, you know, thinks that, hey, if they're gambling, let's get cut of the pie here. You know, let's get this 1% tax uh, along with the NBA. You get 1% of every, uh, you know, of every bet. Uh, that being said, you know, baseball's got to be very careful. You know, you don't want a... Uh, you know, another Pete Rose situation. And also, it's very easy for, uh, you know, you know clubhouse attendants, trainers to give out information to gamblers. Nobody can control a game like a home plate umpire. Uh, you know, the, the trouble, too, is just the, uh, you know, you're going to question the integrity all the time. If a home plate umpire has a bad game, 
see if I can say, I wonder if he's going to take. Who got to him? And some star player all of a sudden has a, uh, you know, real bad week. You know, okay, what's going on here? You know, is he, is he in the wrong crowd? So just questions everything, uh, which is unfortunate. Joe West made reference to, you know, gamblers getting angry and they're potentially being, you know, umpires who are not safe. Players could not be safe. There's the, there's the aspect of baseball being an everyday thing compared to the other sports that aren't quite as everyday. Does all of that go into why maybe gambling could be could hurt baseball more than it could hurt some of the other sports? Yeah, well, well the trouble, too, is the, uh, in baseball, you're gone so much. You're in football, you're only gone uh, you know, 10 weekends a year. You know, the eight regular season, two exhibition games, you're gone for one night. Baseball, you're gone for, you know, 81 games, so really 90, 95 nights. All you have to do is stick at the paper to find out the guys at home or, or on the road. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to have too much beer and alcohol at a, ga- at a game and being upset that your team loses. It's quite another if you just bet your mortgage or, you know, bet your car loan on that game and, and the guy struggles. All of a sudden, you know, that uh, disappointment turns into just, you know, violent anger. And I think that's what Joe West alluded to. It's like, you know, when money's involved, People can get very, very angry. Last thing for you in the National League, some surprise teams, Braves, Phillies, Pirates. Of all the teams that are exceeding expectations by a by a large margin compared to what the expectations were, who do you think is the most legitimate and real and could get into the postseason? Uh, I, I think the Braves fade. I really do. I think they're still a year or two away. Uh, you know, they've been, they've been the biggest surprise. I don't see it lasting. Same with the Pirates. Imagine what this team could do if they had Garrett Cole. And, uh, you know, he's gone. They were never aggressive to the trade deadline when they're in the race with a chance to win. I can't see them doing it now. And, uh, and who was your other team? Uh, I mentioned the uh, Phillies. Yeah, uh, yeah, Phillies are like Atlanta to me. Just, you know, they don't have enough. Uh, you know, it's interesting what they're doing. I mean, everybody's trying to do what the Brewers did last year, being the fast track of a rebuild. And, uh, you know, the Brewers shocked everybody last year by hanging the race as long as they did. I don't see the Phillies and uh, the Braves doing that this year. But that being said, the future looks very, very bright. Bob, really appreciate the time. Encourage folks to follow you on Twitter at B Nightingale and, more importantly, uh, Region USA Today on uh, usatoday.com. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us this evening. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet. There's uh, Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Really encourage you to read the Josh Hader piece. That's one of those. Bob's a really good, really talented writer. You don't get to where he's at without being a super talented writer. But as someone who appreciates the English language, maybe I don't always sound like I appreciate it when I'm talking on the radio, but as someone who does appreciate uh, the English language, I took special joy in reading Nightingale's piece on Josh Hader. I think he does a, uh, a especially nice job in terms of uh, the words and the way he uses them throughout the course of that piece. So check that out. And it's a good story, too. Don't just check it out for that reason. Uh, this is Brewers Weekly. Uh, I'm going to touch on Josh Hader a little bit more in just a moment and what he's doing, the impact of what he's doing, and where he should be moving forward. And then we'll get into uh, Ryan Braun after 8.30 as he is on the disabled list and the expectations for him the rest of the season. So we still got a lot to get to. Talk of Brewers till 9 o'clock. If you want to join us, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is available. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ.
Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ, our Thursday night tradition. Brewers off today. They're back at it coming up tomorrow as they wrap up this three-city road trip, opening a series in Minnesota to take on the Twins in interleague play. Matt Paul is my name. Thanks so much for uh, being tuned in. Just talk with Bob Nightingale about Josh Hader. And I continue to just absolutely love how this bullpen is being used. And you can't you can't help but help uh, can't help but love what they're doing when you see the numbers they're putting up. But I think you look at Josh Hader. And I mentioned this with Bob Nightingale. I don't want to see Josh Hader in the starting rotation. I know there's people out there that want him there. The Brewers have not lost a game that Josh Hader has appeared in. You know what? If at the end of the day all that matters is how often you win and how much you lose, that tells you that they're using Hader in the correct situations. And it's not like he's pitching in blowouts either. He almost always pitches in close games, and they always win the games that he pitches in. So they're using him the right way. And they're they're using him, and this is what I said to Nightingale, they're using him in innings that matter. Not all innings are created equal. They're just not. If if you're up by eight runs or you're down by eight runs, whoever's pitching those innings, you know, there's a reason we call them mop-up guys because you're going into a situation where those innings don't really matter. And you know what? There's times when starting pitchers are throwing innings that don't really matter. And you've got Josh Hader, who has become one of, if not the most dominant relief pitcher in baseball who has the ability to throw multiple innings, and you're making sure that you're putting him in situations where the innings really, really matter. I'd rather him do that than be pitching every fifth day. I just would. I'm not saying he's never going to be in the starting rotation. Maybe things change, you know... uh, a dominant starting pitcher is still worth a lot in baseball. I get that. I just it it makes so much sense what they're doing right now. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Ian is in Kenosha. Hey, Ian, you're on WTMJ. Oh well, you know um, how are you, man? I'm good. Good. Well, you know this these wins that the Brewers keep getting, you know. Um, one after another, you know, it, it, it's it just excites me like every other fan. And you know, they're twenty six and eighteen, and uh, you know, I'm glad we had a day off. But um, I hope they can you know keep this win streak up because the way that the bullpen is that they've been pitching is it, it, it's great. It's just really fascinating. And Josh Hader, he's just he he. It's what I'm a big fan of him. He just is one of my favorite players, and he just he knows how to throw that slider and fastball really good. And he has good stuff, man. I just he has. Uh, I mean, he's always said that since we've called him up, you know, last year. So I, I'm just just um, huge fan of him. Appreciate the phone call, Ian. And look, he's. He's quickly becoming a fan favorite. Think about think about this for a second. For years, Ryan Braun 
was kind of the face of the team. And not that he's not sort of in that role anymore. He's still obviously one of the well, most well-known players. But you think about the players who get the biggest cheer now at a game at Miller Park. Braun still gets a great pop, don't get me wrong. But this roster, the way it is turned over, and the guys who are all of a sudden almost, I don't know, maybe they are just as much a face of the team. as You know, if you... If you're walking down the street and Josh Hader walks next to you, you know who he is. He's a very well-known person. Same thing with Eric Thames. Now, part of that has to do with they have a very, uh, they have a very unique look, I guess you could say. But it's just, it, I think, as this team has evolved into being more of a contender, we've also seen it get to a point where it's not just there as the single face of the franchise. There are multiple players who are big-time fan favorites, and that's, again, that's another important part. You, you you don't win baseball games when you've just got one superstar and some other guys. And not that the team was ever like that, but it just it's, I think it's notable uh, the way that uh, fans have really, have really adopted to some of these other players and are looking at them uh, in the same way maybe that they've looked at Ryan Braun in the past. Speaking of Ryan Braun, let's get into it. He gets onto the table. He's on the table list again. Uh, he spent a fair amount of time on the disabled list last year and this year. He just seemingly can't stay healthy. What do you do about him? How do you handle Ryan Braun? Where should the expectations be for him? Do you do you base the expectations off how much he's getting paid? Or do you base the expectations on the player he has turned into? We'll touch on all that. We'd love to hear from you as well how you're feeling about Ryan Braun right now. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. I want to have a Ryan Braun conversation that's really rooted in truth. We're not going to sit here and he's not getting released tomorrow. He's not getting traded. Those things are not happening. Why talk about them? Why talk about things that are not going to happen? Let's let's talk about the Ryan Braun situation in a in a way that's based off things that could actually happen and the legitimate expectations that we can have for him moving forward. AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Appreciate you being with us this evening as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. If you missed the news earlier today, Ryan Braun placed on the disabled list with middle back tightness. Braun, so far this year, he has appeared in just 37 games. He has a two twenty two average, has five home runs, though, has 20 RBIs. Let's be really, really fair to Ryan Braun. They have won multiple games because of him. As tough as his numbers are with that 222 average, he has come up big at the end of games with big home runs and big hits to drive in winning runs in last at-bats. There is no doubt that Ryan Braun has helped this team win games. The problem is he's not staying healthy. He's had already various ailments this year. He's now on the disabled list with mid-back tightness. Last year he had back issues. He had calf issues, and we're, we're seeing him have a hard time staying healthy. When here, And here's my take on the health thing. 
Look, I don't know if he can stay healthy or not, but one thing I would recommend, I think the Brewers are playing defense right now in terms of dealing with the health. I think they're reacting to the health a lot. He gets hurt. He's feeling a little bit of tightness in the back, whatever it might be. They're taking him out of a game. They're scratching him from a start. It just it just seems like all season long, injuries have happened to Braun. The Brewers have reacted. What they did two years ago, remember, he was coming off back surgery going into the 2016 season. They were so, so liberal with off days with him. And they kind of played offense against it. And what I mean by that is they they gave him off days when he was feeling fine. And he ended up putting up really good numbers two years ago. He appears in 135 games. He has 30 home runs, 91 RBIs. You'll take that. You absolutely will take that. And uh, I think they need they need to get him healthy, have him on the shelf as long as it takes to get him healthy, and then be incredibly aggressive after that in terms of giving him off days to give him the best chance of... Um, of being able to to play. David Sheboygan texts in, if Ron's only going to play over 100-some-odd games a year, that's $180,000 per game. Worth it? I don't think so. Then what's the answer, Dave? This is where I think we lose... We, we judge guys way too often on how much money they're making. The contract was signed a long time ago. Is Ryan Braun a $20 million a player, $20 million a year player anymore? It doesn't look like it. He's having a hard time getting out there. But the contract is what the contract is. I always said this about Matt Garza. People looked at Garza's contract and moaned and complained and did all other kinds of stuff. Well, you know what? His role on the team was to be a fifth starter. Sometimes he did okay with that. Sometimes he didn't. Don't judge the guy on the money he's being made. You can't control that. Judge the guy on the role that he's playing. So I want to talk about Braun's role. Eddie's in Brookfield. Hey, Eddie, you're on WTMJ. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, you know, I, like like you said, you know, we can't talk about the money. He's going to get his money no matter what. It is what it is. Now, he, when he plays regularly, he gets hurt. I mean, and that's been that's been LeBron's mo, you know, for the longest time. Now, I say we let him get healthy, keep him on the bench, and just plug him in as a pinch hitter. You know, and when you have to make a double switch, maybe get him in a little bit like that. But for the most part, keep him on the bench, keep him as healthy as he can be through the year, so that when you do put him in. Just like you say, when Hader, we put him in, he's not wasting innings. He's getting quality, quality uh, uh, innings. Let's do the same with Braun. Let's give him some quality at-bats while he's healthy. Because let's face it, the guy's got one of the sweetest swings I've ever seen in baseball. And and even though he's, he strikes out a lot, he wins a lot of games for us. He does get clutch hits. He's a winner. He always has been. That's why he's got so many hits in his career. But he's got to be healthy to do it. We don't have designated hitter in the, in, in the National League, so let's kind of make him kind of like that in the sense where you just put him in there when you need it when you need a big hit and keep him healthy all year. You're not going to get your money's worth, you know, as far as his contract, but that's out the door. So let's just get the best out of him when when we can. I mean, that's the only way to look at it. Other than that, you either just sit him down and let bring some other players up and. And have him be a clubhouse player. I mean, there's really no no answer. I mean, other than get the guy healthy, let him try to swing at pitches when he's healthy, and and you're probably going to get the best result 
that way. All right, Eddie. Appreciate the phone call. And I, I, I basically agree with Eddie. The only the only worry I would have is you leave a guy on the bench too much. You, you guys don't get regular at bats. It's a very special skill to be that guy who could always be on the bench and then come up big. The Hays, the reason Jesus Aguilar is so valuable to this team, especially when Eric Thames is healthy, is because he's got that ability to come up as a pinch hitter. Ryan, that would be a new role for Ryan Braun, to be a guy who's on the bench more often than not, and we'd have to wait and see how he, how he adjusted to that. Hasn't been especially good as a pinch hitter throughout his career, um, but but you know he he this year he's been okay he's had some big moments at the end of games in some pitch hit situations but for the most part in his career that's not been a strong suit but it is a way of keeping him healthy so I appreciate that part of it we'll continue to take your phone calls on the other side four one four seven nine nine one six twenty is the Ankinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line we continue to talk about Ryan Braun in a moment here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being tuned in. We're talking about Ryan Braun. What do you legitimately do with him as all of a sudden it really seems like, and not even all of a sudden, over the last couple of years he's had a really hard time staying healthy. And there's really not a scenario where you can probably move on from him. Uh, that it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for multiple reasons, and it's almost impossible for other reasons. So what do you do about him? Right now he is on the disabled list. We'll continue to take phone calls on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. Joe is in Tosa. Hey, Joe, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Matt. Uh, my uh, biggest issue with Brian Brown is, first of all, I think what Craig Council is doing with him right now is working out just fine. The platooning at first, platooning in left field. He's been off injured, you know, these last few years, so he's not going to be an everyday player, but he is a savvy veteran on a very young team, and I think uh, he brings something to the clubhouse in that regard. The whole idea of trading him or anything like that, like you said, it's out the window. He has a no-trade contract. I'm pretty sure he's just going to finish up his contract here in Milwaukee and probably call it quits when it's over. I don't think anybody will will pick him up anyhow. But uh, right now he just represents a a savvy old veteran in the clubhouse, and uh, and he produces. Hi, Joe. Appreciate the phone call. And despite the overall numbers, what Joe just said, he he has helped this team win games. When you look at individuals and say, what have they done to directly help a team win games? You know, extraordinary type things to help a team win games. Ryan Braun has done some extraordinary things this year to help the team win games. It's, it's just frustrating because he, you, you, you seemingly can't count on him on an everyday basis. Larry's in Delafield. Larry, you're on WTMJ. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, I, I agree with the last caller also, but I think it's it's more of a commitment uh, that the Brewers have to make to their younger players and the people that are healthy right now. I mean, you have Yelich and Kane and Santana, and those guys are going to be getting the at-bats, and they're going to be getting the consistent work. And the less consistency that you know Ryan Braun experiences and he's hitting in the 220s right now, the tougher it's going to be for him to come back. Uh the young players, uh, the, the players that are working out right now for them in the lineup and hitting the ball and being consistent, they're not going to wait around for him. 
I mean, they've got their job to do to try and win as many games as they can for for the Brewers. And um, you know, I just I think you know he if he comes off the bench to help out once in a while. I mean, you can't count on him because he's hurt all the time. And for some of the injuries, you know, I don't know how poor you know how bad the injuries are, or whatever. You know, with the back surgery, I'm sure it was real difficult or whatever. But at the same time, calf tightness and this and that. I mean, it, it's difficult. I mean, these guys aren't going to wait around for him. And I think that um, these players. Um, are going to have to keep you know going about their business and and hopefully continue being successful because I think they've got a real bright future ahead of them with or without Ryan Braun. All right, Larry, appreciate the phone call. And the best thing about this team right now, they're built to be able to survive without Ryan Braun. It's you have to wonder, openly wonder, if the reason this team did not trade Domingo Santana on the uh, in the off season was they were building a roster that could survive without Ryan Braun out for extended amounts of time. Because the numbers just did not make sense when you went in the season with Yelich and Kane and Santana and Thames and Aguilar. It just it didn't all make sense. And now all of a sudden, with Braun being out a lot, it's worked out a little bit more. And Thames being out is added to that as well. This team without a doubt, can survive. It's, it's done it. It's in first place. It's tied for the most wins in the National League. It's, it's almost funny to me sometimes because, you know, if you don't know, I host the, the postgame show after the Brewers games get over here on WTMJ. and uh, The team's winning games, and I can't tell you how often I hear from people who are just so negative about the squad. And, yeah, are there things to be upset about on a... Sure, but no team is perfect, and they this team is tied for the most wins in the National League. They are playing some great baseball. Joe is in Tosa. Hey, Joe, you're on WTMJ. Hey, I got a question for you. So what happens if Braun decides to retire because he's got so many injuries going on? How does that affect his guaranteed contract? He wouldn't get paid. If he retired, you don't get paid when you retire. So maybe you could save Milwaukee, even you know, and kind of say, "I'm sorry for cheating all these years. I'll give you some money back and help you guys in the future." It's not a utopian world, Joe. That's not happening. You know, one could dream. Uh, but it, it's I I, I want to have a conversation based in reality, and I'm just telling you, Joe. That's why would you? Well, he's still got you know, he's making twenty million this year, nineteen million dollars next year, and eighteen million dollars after that. So what is that? That's that's fifty seven million dollars over the course of the next three seasons, including this one, and obviously he's already been paid out uh, much of this season, but even after this year, he's gonna have thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight million, whatever it is, left on the contract. Why would anybody just walk away from thirty eight million dollars? Maybe they could do a Bobby Bonilla type contract and pay him out for the next twenty years at two million dollars a year. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if that's legitimate or not. You know the Bobby the Bobby Bonilla thing is funny because every year there's that anniversary where he gets paid. You know whatever it is, the million or two million, and it is it's. Uh, I I don't see the team getting out from under the contract. I just don't. I don't think that's something that could happen. Do they come together on some sort of buyout? But you also don't want to hamstring yourself moving forward. And the other thing, the, the thing that's not being mentioned with that phone call, is he's still helping you win games. He's not in the lineup every day, but you don't want to pay him not to play. 
What what the phone caller was just saying is pay him not to play. Find a way to pay him not to play. He's he's not to that point yet. Because when he's out there, yeah, maybe he's not contributing as much as you want him to contribute, but he's contributing to wins. He's coming up with big hits. He's had some big hits this year. 414-799-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. Have about two minutes left in the program. The phones have been going crazy. We'll get to your phone calls. Make your points quick as we uh, as we roll through them. Let's start with Stephen and Tosa. Stephen, you're on WTMJ. I just want to marvel at name another team that could withstand injury to their best pitcher in Nelson, their best hitter in Thames, their closer, Kniebel. They also had Yelich down, and you already mentioned Braun and then... Uh, Pino is down on the DL for a little while, and three of their other starting pitchers in Miley and Anderson and Davies, and yet they're still in first place. I just can't imagine if they get a little bit of health luck in the second half what this team could do. Absolutely. They haven't gotten any health luck, and they're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Remarkable. Remarkable the way this team has played. Tied for the league lead and wins with 26, and they've used, what, 37, 39 players already? Absolutely incredible. Let's get to uh, Greg, who's on the road. Greg, you're on WTMJ. Hey, I'm going to make this real quick. Just one thing for all of those Ryan Braun, let him sit or whatever. There's nobody, and I mean nobody on this team, when it comes to Mr. Clutch, that I want to be at the plate when we need it most. He's been there. He's done that. And to me, he's the most valuable player to take us over the hump if we're going to make it to where we want to go. So we need him healthy, and once we get him healthy, we are going to be one of the best teams in baseball. That's all i got to say. All right, Greg, appreciate the phone call. Last call of the show, Ralph in West Bend. Ralph, you're on WTMJ. Quickly, you know, I have to agree he's won a few key games for us this year, but if you look at his performances over the last two seasons, he has lost boatloads of games for us because he gets up with men on base at key times and he consistently strikes out. Strikes out. He can't even make contact. I mean, just sacrifice a guy in. I'm not asking for a double, but the guy over and over and over again strikes out with men on base. Ralph, this year with runners on, he's hitting 298. With runners on and two outs, he's hitting 500. With runners in scoring position, he's hitting 321. With runners in scoring position and two outs, he's hitting 583. Boy, that's you got the numbers. Yep. But I see him consistently so often strike out. As, as Jay-Z says, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Appreciate the phone call, Ralph. That's going to do it for this edition of Brewers Weekly. We'll talk to you again next week here on WTMJ.